Good morning, everybody. I got AJ with me. Morning, Dylan. <laughs> How we doing, AJ? Thank you for coming on. Dude, it's so cool to be here. I mean, I was thrilled when you asked me, so <laughs> no problem. I love being here. So you know that this podcast is about education, dyslexia awareness, and motivation. Yep. So with my podcast being like that, you've got to have one of those traits. I'm confident in saying I have all three. I'd like to say so. <laughs> I love the energy. All right, let's talk a little about you, AJ. You have dyslexia. Yep. Yep. Um, my parents had originally uh, hit it from me for a couple of years when I was uh, growing up, but apparently I didn't realize this at the time. Uh, there's four components of dyslexia, and it's very rare for someone to have two. I just happen to have all four. So okay. when my parents told me that, I was kind of uh, really uh, taken back by that. <laughs> and what was your initial thought and like emotions on that? Um, my initial thoughts and emotions on it, uh, from a very young age was that this disability is something very hard. I mean, I was in second grade, honestly, not being able to read. I was actually held back in the second grade because I wasn't able to read. And, um, you know, every other kid, they were advancing in in their reading levels. And I was still, you know, kind of stuck on not even a second grade reading level. I was still stuck on a kindergarten reading level or, or a preschool reading level. I was still learning my alphabet while everyone else was uh, reading and completing books and advancing in a uh, their school career while I was still learning A, Apple, A. So. Yeah, I did that in 10th grade. I mean, it, it was a long, a long process, right? And it, it does, it messes with your view on the word intelligence, for sure. Oh, absolutely. It like, really does. Oh, if I can't do this, like a lot, a lot of people go, oh, if you're not, if you don't get like A pluses with flying colors, you're mm. not smart. But, yeah. There are many di- nine different types of intelligences, so I feel like that would be it'd be hard to not have one of those types of intelligences, right? Oh, so now let's go back. So you were told you had dyslexia. You, you said you were depressed for a bit. Uh, yeah, I was. I had very low confidence growing up as a kid. Like I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't want to hang out with anyone. So, uh, and I'll, actually, a lot of it stemmed from the dyslexia, not being able to read, because I saw all my friends. Um, <clears throat> being able to read and them all hanging out and, you know, I wasn't able to do that. So I felt in a way that I, I didn't add up to them or I wasn't good enough. And that just kind of sent me down my own path of just, I want to be alone. I don't want to talk to anyone. And I just want to like, you know, be in my room. <laughs> did you feel like you were getting constantly judged on the way you read or the way you looked in class? Like, did you walk in unconfidently? Like, oh, absolutely. I can't do this. Absolutely. When the teacher would call me to read, I, I, I would either refuse to do so, or I'd re- get very upset and walk out of the class because um, in Thornwood, the schooling systems weren't that great. And when I was called on to read, the, the more you call on someone to read, you think, oh, they're going to get better at it. That just wasn't the case. It just, it, it felt humiliating of me stumbling over my words or, or not knowing a word and having to ask like, hey, listen, I don't know this word. And then being, and even in like eighth grade and freshman year, I was, that was still the case. And I was like, listen, like I pulled my teachers aside one time and I was like, look, please don't call on me to read anything. Like I, I will not do it. <laughs> Yeah, so like for me, I remember it was a big milestone for me to be able to spell because, just the word because, because that was for me, it was a big word, and when I was able to spell that in the ninth grade, I was like, whoa. You see, honest to God, I still can't spell the word because. (laughs) If if you ask me right now, I'd say there's, I think there's an E in there, maybe an A, I I, I don't know. (laughs) What do you think the biggest thing you learned through going through school, right, and now you work, you work Mm -hmm. full-time, correct? Correct, yep. And you've worked full-time, and now you are in school. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. 
you were in school with dyslexia, yep. but now you work full time, right? Mm-hmm. There's two different things you learn. What is the biggest thing you probably learned going through school, being dyslexic and, and not having the the confidence to know that you are smart in some other way? Uh, well, it was very different because high school, I really thought like, you know, this, this was it. Like reading was, was everything. Like if I wasn't able to like, you know, be book smart, then what am I going to do? I'm not going to go to college. But, you know, I talked to my parents about it. There is, there is definitely other routes. I'm doing HVAC and plumbing right now. So, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm very good with my hands and there's practically no reading in the trades that I'm doing. Everything's conversation based. You know, there, there's a little math and measurements, which kind of mess me up sometimes. But other than that, um, you know, I'm doing very good in the field that I'm in, and I'm, I'm very happy in it. That's awesome. So how did you get into that? Uh, trade school. Um, my fresh, my junior year, uh, BOCES opens up, because you can't take BOCES uh, your freshman or sophomore year, which I have no idea why. But soon, junior and senior year, you could take it. So I decided, like, hey, listen, this isn't really working out with me. Maybe I can learn a trade and try to advance my future from here. So what happened was my buddy Rory, he was actually going to school for HVAC. So I was like, all right, you want to know what? I'm going to kind of follow what he's doing and uh, see where I go with this. And it just so happened that, you know, I really liked HVAC and um, it was definitely the right suit for me. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to do it again my senior year. And, you know, I graduated from the BOCES program and now I'm working for uh, Brunini Campisi over in Elmsford. And, you know, I, I couldn't be happier with it. That's awesome. So with that being said, that means 11th grade. You transitioned from ordinary, traditional high school to a trade school. Is that when your light bulb went off? Yeah, that's pretty much when everything just started to click and went right on off. And, and I was so thrilled with it because, you know, there, the, I was actually doing something that I enjoyed. I was working with my hands. Um, I, was doing, I, I realized I was doing something that everyone else in the classroom couldn't, which gave me this confidence of, all right, I'm doing something no one else in my class can do. This is pretty cool. That's awesome. So, did your did what was your attitude towards school prior to eleventh grade? I don't like it. I don't want to go. Oh, this is terrible. Uh, very poor. Yeah, exactly. I actually cut a lot of classes for the whole the whole year. I cut probably two classes every day, and they were like, "Listen, you got to cut this out." And I was like, "Yeah, all right." Like I gave them what they wanted to hear, but you know, just I I hated every aspect of school. So then you go into eleventh grade, and was BOCES for you in eleventh grade morning or afternoon? Uh, afternoon for the 11th grade. My uh, senior year was in the morning. So how many periods a day? Uh, we would have two periods um, of BOCES. So we would have about uh, two hours in the morning of BOCES and working. So then you're, so you still have that same attitude towards school, but now what is your attitude towards BOCES? Uh, BOCES, well, it's still school. So, you know, there's still some essays you have to write, and uh, but that was about it. But BOCES was definitely a much brighter outlook because I knew once I got there, I would get to use tools. I would get to use my hands. Um, I'd actually get to put my brain to work in a way that it was actually working and not just stumbling and fumbling around. It was the highlight of the day. Oh, absolutely. And so junior year, you ended the day there, which was probably ending on a high note. Mm-hmm. And you left school in a good mood. Yep. So but now let's talk senior year. You walked in first thing in the morning, which means you were happy to go to school first thing in the morning. Yep. Now, did that affect your attitude towards the second half of the day? Were you better the second half of the day after being able to go to BOCES and use your hands and be where you want to be? Uh, yes and no, because when I got to school in the afternoon, I would try to kind of keep riding the same wave that I was in the morning. I was like, all right, I started the morning off really good. Let's see if we can keep this energy going. But, you know, school is still school. So my attitude improved 
I wouldn't say like, you know, it was all that high going back to school after I just got out of OCs doing something I liked, but uh, it definitely gave me a brighter outlook on going back to school. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So now you did that and is you got BOCES. It's a certification. Is it a degree? Uh, it's a certification. And would you recommend BOCES? Oh, absolutely. And you know, the, the, um, when people think of BOCES, right, they think last, like that's no college. And like today college is usually traditionally not going to college is frowned upon. Yeah. I will be honest with you. I'm insecure about that. Me not going to college, I'm absolutely insecure about that. And I mean, I see, we talked about it. I see my friends partying on mm-hmm. social media and I see them in their dorms and yep. living it up, right? But we're working. Mm-hmm. And um, there's uh, benefits to everything. But there's also not benefits to everything. There's the other side. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, what is your opinion on college? You know, uh, I actually talked to my dad a lot about this. Um, college is great, but... It definitely wasn't for me, and I, and I know that. Definitely would have uh, not done so good. But um, the way I'm looking at it is, you know, all my friends are going to college. They're all partying. They're all doing this. They're in debt Correct. right now. So my thinking is, like, you want to know what? I'm still going to be able to see them on weekends. I'll drive out to uh, – I'm actually driving out to Pittsburgh next week to see my buddy Sam. Uh, Halloween, I'm flying out to Wisconsin to see my buddy Cole. So you want to know what? We're still going to get the same college experience just without having to push essays and go to class and, you know, be in a dorm room. I'm still going to be going to see my friends and partying with all of them, but the only difference is when they're in class, I'm going to be working. <laughs> That's awesome. Now with um, your parents, so them seeing you in school mm-hmm. and then seeing you in, did you know about BOCES or did they know about BOCES? Uh, BOCES was actually brought up to me my freshman year. They, uh, they knew about it and they were like, you know, let's schedule an appointment with your, uh, your counselor. Let's see what she thinks about this. So I was like, okay. So I go on my freshman year. They say, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get you in until junior year. But once junior year approaches, we're going to definitely look at it into much more detail and see where you'd best fit. So I was like, okay, sounds awesome. That's awesome. So what made you go to HVAC? Uh, Out of all the trades, right? My uh, my buddy Rory was doing HVAC at the time, and he said, like, you know, he would come back and he would have these awesome stories about the class and the teacher, and he said he he got he gets to use a blowtorch, so I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, so you know, I, I when we toured BOCES, I saw the auto mechanics room, I saw the uh, the arts room, I saw uh, the small engines room, and then I uh, I walked into the HVAC room saw my buddy Rory and uh, he was using a blowtorch. He was soldering two pieces of copper piping together or piped together rather to run a water line. And a uh, you know, I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. So the teacher let me try it. And you know, I, I was happy with it. Like I was like, all right, this is really cool. I get to do something no one else is doing. And I actually really like it. So I think I'm going to take this program. That's awesome. Now, do you regret not trying or looking into any other trades? Uh, no, no, not really, because, you know, I kind of, I put my mind really to HVAC, you know, I, I actually worked and my grand, my grandfather owns an auto body shop. So, you know, every summer, um, I would work in his shop from 14 to 17 and, you know, auto mechanics and auto body is cool. Um, can, can I do it? Yes. Um, do I enjoy it? Yes, but I definitely enjoyed HVAC more because, Instead of being in a shop in a set place all day, now I'm going to people's houses or I'm going out on an actual call. Like uh, McDonald's needed to be repiped. Their gas lines broke. So we repiped an entire McDonald's over in Urshel. 
So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely happy with the whole moving around aspect of it is. I, I don't like sitting still. Agreed completely. So now your attitude towards school, never good. Attitude towards boasties, better. Much better, yep. Now that you're completely out of school, attitudes towards getting it to get up, right? You get up in the morning, you got to go to work, you brush your teeth, whatever your routine is, what's the attitude towards that? Uh, you know, getting up early, that's the one thing I don't like, but... Going into the shop, seeing everybody, that's that's the cool thing. Like, we work with this guy named Jamie who just has energy like that right off of the bat. He's really cool. Uh, I'm actually with, I'm actually partnered right now with this guy named Jack. He's a, uh, this older gentleman, he's actually from West Virginia. So, a uh, he's definitely a different character than uh, someone from New York. But he's funny, like, we joke around in the truck going up to on-call jobs. And uh, it's just great. I, the only downfall is I got to wake up early. <laughs> And how early are we talking? Uh, I typically wake up at 5.30 in the morning. That's early. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so now, looking back on the entire uh, education, grade school, high school experience, knowing you were dyslexic, seeing where you are now, working, like, what is the biggest thing you learned in school, and what's the biggest thing you were learned in the working force? You know, that's kind of a tough one. I'd say the biggest thing... I learned in school was that um, you your counselors help a lot because I spent a lot of time in the counseling office talking to my counselor, Mr. Uh, Canelli, and, you know, he definitely helped with confidence. So I'd say the biggest thing that I, I learned in school was that school isn't everything because he even told me that. He's like, listen, I went to college. I'm still in debt. Like, school definitely isn't everything. So that's definitely the biggest thing I learned in school. And the biggest thing right now I'm learning in the working force is that it's very hard, especially working a blue collar job. Like, you know, you're low man on the totem pole. You're doing everything that all the, uh, everyone above you has seniority that they don't want to do. So you're doing it. You're a gopher. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like a, uh, I look at it as almost getting rushed into a frat. Like you're the new guy. <laughs> you got to show all these other guys that like, you know, you're good enough to be here. And so that's what I'm looking at as right now. Now looking now into motivation. Are you, you could say you're a motivated guy? Absolutely. In what regard? Uh, in regard to pushing myself to become better, whether that's in the gym or to become a better plumber, which I'm still doing right now, or to uh, just any aspect in life, whatever there is, I want to excel to, if I can't be the best, to be one of the best. And the best, the greats put 10,000 hours in. That's how they're great. All the greats put 10,000 hours into their craft. Exactly, yep. So, to be great, you're about 10,000 hours in, and I'm not 10,000 hours into anything. <laughs> but that's a work in progress, and that's going to take time. Exactly. So, with dyslexia being hereditary, are you aware of that? Uh, yes. Is that a concern of yours because, uh, do you want to have kids? Uh, someday. So, when you have kids, is that a concern of that happening to them? A little bit. Um, I would hope that it doesn't happen to them at such a high level that I have it at. But if it does, the first thing I would probably wind up doing is sitting down my, my kid and saying, like, listen, this is what you got. I have it, too. It's go. You're going to fight this for your entire life. But uh, there are different things that help with it, and you, you can't overcome it. So now when, when I was in high school, the biggest intimidating classes for me were social studies and science. And that's because those stupid textbooks. Okay. For me, when you open those textbooks, tons of li little writing – I would look at it and get dizzy. Yep. Because, like, the sentences would fly around, like, the intro to the Jetsons. Yep. <laughs> and then you get dizzy, and the teacher's like, read, and you're like, I, I can't. Yeah. And there's days you get home from school, and you're like, I'm dizzy, I feel sick. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I actually came home very actually exhausted from school a lot of times and just crashed for like six hours in my bed. So my parents were, my, my, I remember my mom one time, I came home from school. This was me in my freshman year. And she goes, oh, how was school? I go, it was great. I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> it's like maybe three o'clock in the afternoon. I woke up at nine o'clock later that night and I was like, oh no. Yeah. So now school being hard and stuff. Mm. What comes with school? I'm sorry. What comes with school is tests and homework. Oh yeah. No, I actually never, I refused to do homework. Really? My grades would plummet because I didn't do homework because my uh, thought process after I got out of school was, all right, I paid my dues for however <laughs> long school runs, seven hours, eight hours, and now they want me to do more when I'm out of here. Uh, I was like, yeah, no, that's, that, that is simply not happening. And, you know, we had several meetings, my parents, the principal, uh, the dean of students, and they were like, listen, how do you do your homework? And I sort of told them, I was like, I'm not going to. Like, it, I'm out of here at 1.40. You have me from 7 a.m. till 1.40, and then I am scot-free. I am not doing homework. Like, it it just was, it was almost like a teaser. Like, okay, you're out, but now you have to do all this, which could very well take me all night because I was an incredibly slow reader, and if it could very well take me all night, like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So with tests, mm. did you study for them? No. Did you no. take them, though? Yeah, I took them. I uh, In school, I had something called an IEP. So it's a personalized uh, learning program, I think, or, you know, something like that. Individualized. Yes. Yes. So I would actually have someone read my tests to me because auditory, auditory learning was something I was very good at. If, uh, you know, if you were teaching me something right now and, you know, asked me to take a test on it later, I can relay what you said back to me crystal clear. But, you know, the second pen has to meet paper, I'm, I'm lost. You cloud... Exactly, yep. So when I was in school, I'd study, and the same thing would happen, and then I would play the pattern game. How many patterns can I make with the multiple choice? Mm -hmm. And then I'll read the sentence <laughs> in the ones that aren't multiple choice and write something down. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I got 40s. Well, you see, multiple choice was something I was actually very good at, and everyone hated multiple choice from what I understood. Everyone in my class, they all hated multiple choice. They all loved the free handwriting where they get to give their own response, and that was what, what I hated. If I was able to do multiple choice and read, say, okay, A is wrong. I know A is wrong for a fact because the teacher taught us to this, taught me this, and it wasn't taught to me through a textbook. So my auditory skills are very good. So I was able to go, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. This is what the teacher said, it's this. The second I had to uh, do a free-handed response, completely lost. <laughs> and now with taking notes and social studies, for me it was like, teacher's talking, he's writing things on the board, you're supposed to write what's on the board, yep. and he grade your notes. Yep. But also understand what he's saying. So for me, I wanted to be more understood of what he'd say, and I'd write down like big words like Abraham Lincoln, 1942, World War II. Yep. So I would fail the notes, I'd have some words, not know what's going on, but there were days I wrote down everything I could, mm -hmm. writing it down so fast because the, the teacher's doing <laughs> like yep. the flash, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, oh, well, I can't read this, mm -hmm. and I know nothing. Which I'm off worse now, and I look, and I, and I still got a bad grade on the notes because he can't read them. You see, uh, uh, my teacher, Mr. Packard, was my history teacher over in Somers, and uh, you know he was lightning quick on the board, like, like I mean, just right off the bat, like he was on from one side to the next side to the next side. I wasn't even able to get down half a slide before he was on the next one. So what I would try and do was like, you know, I'd, I'd take pictures of them, I'd sneak pictures of the uh, the slides in yeah. school, and then after the class had ended, I would actually look back at the pictures and a um write them down in my notes for later so that he could grade them. 
So now with coronavirus, we had to experience coronavirus senior year. Yeah. Chromebooks came into play sophomore year. Oh, yeah. So when Chromebooks came into play, did your education get easier or harder? Honestly, I would say harder because it wasn't as personalized. I was in a digital classroom with a bunch of kids and, you know, the connection would either go bad and you'd hear them all kind of uh, stutter out and it just wasn't good. And then, like, you know, when they had to do the, sh- the screen sharing, it just I, I had no idea how to do any of that. So I was, I, I would honest to God, just try and remember everything that they said. And, you know, then when uh, a paper came in, I just remember everything and just try and write it down the best that I could. And when I didn't have my scribe, I'd like, you know, sometimes I'd call my dad up and I'd be like, hey, listen, can you help me out? Like, I can't really do this on my own right now. So you did the, we got to experience Chromebooks in school life. Mm-hmm. And then Corona happened, we got to experience school from home. Was it hard in school too? Yeah, it was definitely harder in school uh, because I'm honest to God, I'm not technological savvy at all. Mm-hmm. I can hardly use my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was definitely harder in school. Uh, the teachers would actually get pretty upset because I'd be like, listen, I don't know how to use this. And they'd be like, you've been using this for a year now. I was like, yeah, and still know <laughs> how to use it. <laughs> and did, were you one of those kids who never had their thing charged? Oh, Absolutely. I'd purposely leave it dead because I hated it that much. So I was like, you want to know what? Well, just, uh, they'll give me pen and paper eventually. I know that. I'd rather take the pen and paper, which I still hated, over the digital. Did you know that snow days are nothing anymore? Oh, yeah, I know. We are the last generation that's going to have snow yes, days. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I was like, when I heard that they're done, because now that Chromebooks and coronavirus showed us, well, we can work from home. Oh, yep. sign on to class. It's snowing. <laughs> Come on. And uh, I, I got a feeling if my kid's going to be anything like me, he's just going to go, well, there's the Wi-Fi router. Just going to unplug that. Oh, no. <laughs> so with that, um, when Corona hit, did you continue to do work or no? Uh, yeah, I actually did uh, BOCES, which I still went into every day. We just had to wear oh. a mask because, you know, well, even with BOCES, when they shut it down originally, they would send like online classes and I would be like, how am I supposed to work on a boiler or an AC unit? At home. Like, yeah. Like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> so, uh, BOCES definitely became much more difficult uh, towards Corona. But uh, what was great about my school was that I was in something called the Alternative High School Program. So, we didn't have any online classes. We just went in one day out of the week and just forced everything into those three hours that we got together. Oh, wow. So, for me, graduate, we had to do community service hours in high school. Yep. And that was... For me, I, I finessed my way because I tore my labrum senior year. Jesus. So I didn't have a shoulder. Okay. So I coached the JV. Got Assistant it. coaches the JV with the old coach who stepped down. Mm-hmm. And he just gave me all the hours I wanted after going to every practice and uh, <laughs> meet coaching the kids. And it was great. Nice. With you, how did you do community service hours? Uh, I actually, you know, with Corona, no one was hiring. I put in my application at every AC joint that, or every HVAC joint that happened. I was, I put my application at Bell over in Mayapak, uh, Local 21 over in Brewster, um, another place in White Plains. And just none of them were taking me. So I wasn't, I didn't actually do my internship in the field that I was going into. I actually did my internship over at this place called Countryside Kitchen right over at, on Route 6 in Mayapak, which, by the way, amazing food if you ever want to go there. It's that little, it's like tiny, right? Yes, yes. And it's always packed. And yep. it's open for like two hours a day. Yep, yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. That's the one. That's the one. I haven't tried it yet because I can't get in there. 
honest to God, man, if you do go, the, the owners, Lee and Christina, they're amazing people. Uh, when I was working there, they honest to God treated me like family. And I, I, I honestly just wish I was still working there. That's awesome. <laughs> so now looking back, right, you're like me. Biggest fear was not graduating. I didn't pass any of my regions, by the way. Did you? None whatsoever. <laughs> so that uh, you got a local diploma like I did. Yep. Were you ever afraid you weren't going to graduate? Oh, absolutely. Me too. I was terrified that I was going to get held back, and that was actually one of the biggest things that my uh, my dad and my parents both had to help me through was that a, uh, I was actually incredibly scared of being held back again and being in high school as a 19-year-old. Like, that I just was not going to do. Yeah. So, a, uh, you know, my parents, they, they jumped so many hoops to get me where I was um, because... In school, in Thornwood, they didn't have a lot of accommodations for dyslexia. And my parents, you know, they went through lawyers to the school saying, AJ needs this, AJ needs that. You need to accommodate my son for his learning disabilities. And, you know, we actually left the uh, the Westlake School District because they just weren't doing my needs anymore. Like, you know, I clearly needed a lot of help and they just couldn't accommodate to that. So when my parents moved up to Somers uh, with me, they actually went into the, uh, the meeting without me. I didn't know this meeting was going on. And they met with uh, the superintendents and everyone saying, okay, the school said, okay, we're willing to match everything that he had in Thornwood, but we're also going to give him all this extra extra help that my parents weren't expecting them to say. They thought they were going to have to go in there and fight tooth and nail for me to get the services that I need like they had to do every year before. They actually had, they actually, I, I believe they sued Westlake, I believe three times because they just weren't accommodating to my needs. Oh, So my parents went through so much to get me where I am today. So this isn't just like, you know, a battle about me. They, they pretty much, if they didn't carry me to the finish line, they definitely shoved me there. Yeah. So with you having an IEP and a learning disability, I did too. I was in small classes. I was too. How did you feel about that? I hated it. So when I was in small classes, I was not in small classes with just dyslexics. I was like with Down syndrome, autism, The whole nine. We were all in the same class. Yeah, yep, yep. I was there too. And I'd always walk out and be like, I hope nobody sees me. Yeah. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) So when you'd walk in, how'd you feel? Embarrassed. I felt really embarrassed because not only when the day ended was I in those small classes walking out with everyone and they saw me walking out, I also had to ride the short bus. Oh. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) definitely wasn't thrilled when I had to go on to a... uh, out to the buses and everyone like, you know, was getting on the big buses with all their friends hanging out. And then like, you know, you just saw me walking on the short bus and they're going, hey, what's wrong with that kid? <laughs> so wasn't uh, too thrilled about that. Did you ever receive any comments? Yeah. Like uh, a couple of kids came up there like, Hey, listen, like you seem normal. Why are you riding the short bus? And honestly, I knew why I was riding the short bus. I just didn't want to tell them. I was like, Hey man, listen, I don't know the, the, the school at the school just got me mixed up. So I'm hoping they'll get, get it straight soon, which, you know, I was, I was lying through my teeth. I, yeah. I just didn't want them to, like, you know, know that, like, I kind of belong here, but at the same time, I don't, so. Did your friends know you were in small classes? Oh, uh, yeah, my friends knew I was in small classes. Did other kids know? Yeah. Where Did you receive ki- uh, any comments from anybody else? Uh, when I was younger, yes. Uh, high school, everyone just really didn't seem to care, so that was nice, but I was still very, uh, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, not confident that I was in those classes. Now, if you had to put your kid in those classes, what would you tell him? I'd probably tell him the the God's honest truth. Like, listen, you're going to hate school. <laughs> you're going to hate this. You're going to hate the, these classes even more. 
but it's only temporary. Like, you know, you still get your summer vacations. You still get to hang out with other friends. And that's the problem. In those classes, you don't get to make friends like everyone else, like that are in normal classes. Like, you know, you don't become friends with like everyone else that's hanging out because you're in the short, you're, you're, you're in the small classes with kids with uh, more higher disabilities than you. And like, you know, you, you can't really make friends that way. Like everyone kind of looks at you like, why is that kid singled out? But at the same time, you're singled out because like that's the classes they put you in. Now you're, you're kind of alone. So if that would happen to my kid too, I mean, I just tell him like, listen, go out at recess, talk to whoever you got to make friends on the playground, do what you have to just, just try to look at the positives. When did you, when did you realize that you're not stupid? Uh, more towards my junior year of high school because that's when Bosey started. And you were like, I've got more to offer. Absolutely. Yep. And I got more to offer. My hands are powerful. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, at that point, were you like, grades really don't matter? Uh, you know, it still kind of mattered because we would get graded in BOCES. But, yeah, at that point, I was really more focused out. Like, you know, high school just wasn't for me. These grades don't matter. I just got to make it through, you know, these next two years, and then I'm scot-free. I'll be working. The, the grades won't be a thing anymore. I'll be getting paid for what I'm doing, which will be great. And I just kind of held that, ran with that, and crossed the finish line with that one thought that kind of just helped push me right over. And it dyslexic being hereditary, somebody else in your family now has got to have it. Yeah, my uh, my mom does. Okay. Uh, she doesn't have it at such a high level as me, as I mentioned before. I believe she only has uh, uh, one of the four. It was just uh, that the cards were uh, dealt to me that I would have all four, which is actually extremely extremely rare because it's rare for people to only have two versions of it i got all four and you know i just kind of got hit with the hammer right from uh right from birth i guess and were you evaluated and officially diagnosed yes yes i was so i was officially diagnosed i believe going into second grade for my second time because they were like he's not reading well um we're gonna test him for this and you know once they tested me for that like they they pulled my parents aside and they're like listen if we move him along to third grade, he's not gonna he's not gonna do well or exceed. They were like, we think another year of second grade could be beneficial for him. So like, as much as my parents didn't want to do it, they were like, okay, hold him back. I stayed back in kindergarten, mm-hmm. and with my twin, and I mean, I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was that stay, same grade, got to sit on the magic carpet another year. Heck yep. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you have one thing to say to the audience, what would it be? If you are dyslexic, it's not the end of the world. You just got to find something that you like to do and figure out that there's a way to make money in what you do. Because if, let's say you like a, uh, you like building, right? You like working, you like playing with Legos when you were a little kid. You like, you liked all that. You can go into carpentry. You can build houses. You could actually do that on a much larger scale. If you liked playing with, uh, with Hot Wheels cars as a kid, you like cars. I bet you work on your car now just for fun. There's a field for that. So there's definitely other fields that you can go into that aren't so textbook-based. So to everybody out in the audience, you're strong, you're intelligent, you're capable, you're powerful. Thank you very much. And um, AJ, thank you for coming on. <laughs> My pleasure, man. This is DS for Dyslexia, Dyslexic Dylan, and we are DS for Dyslexia and Defying All Odds. So I really appreciate you coming on, and your story is great and powerful. Just know that you are... Powerful with your hands, and you're not stupid at whatsoever because you're doing things that I can't, for sure. Thank you, my man. I appreciate that. Of course. I, it, it was a pleasure to come on the show. I really enjoyed it. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
No problem.